This is what I've been saying. The three L's. Listen, learn, and lead. The advisors that do that are the advisors that are going to win. The value of bespoke advice has never been higher. You're listening to Coindesk's On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. An infrastructure. Money movement. Security. The wealth management space is not set up to deal with the client of the future. And man, is that an incredible opportunity. A licensed investment advisor and powerful storyteller, Tyrone has a passion for digital assets and their ability to disrupt our current way of life. How do I protect myself? How do I protect my firm? How do I protect my clients? This show is for advisors by advisors. Advise on purpose in the arising realm of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, Tyrone Ross. Welcome back to another episode of the On Purpose podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross. Let me apologize right away for leaving y'all hanging. It's been a minute, but I am back. I've been traveling around like crazy. I have a bunch of updates. There's a ton going on since I spoke to you all last, starting with the markets getting absolutely crushed. I believe now that Coinbase is a $45, $50 stock. Bitcoin is trading right around 28,000, and it's just an overall collapse in the markets. Inflation came in 8.3%. There is a lot of things happening. It is definitely a risk-off environment. Looks like we are headed for a recession, and there's a lot of pressure in the NASDAQ, tech overall, the crypto markets, the Terra Luna debacle, the whole talk around algorithmic stable coins. There's a lot going on. I'm just going to compress these into this episode. I will do some more drawn out things once I'm, I'm back on the West Coast. But I just, there's so much stuff that I want to catch you guys up on. And I have some opinions on some things and a bunch of things coming up. Let's dig in right away. So one of the reasons why I stayed on the East Coast was because I was in Boston for the Tiburon CEO Conference. Now, if you don't know what the Tiburon CEO Conference is, it is a very, very notable conference that is run by Chip Rome. And there is every major CEO of any fintech, wealth management, RIA, independent broker dealer, large bank, wirehouse there. Um, All of the TAMP provider CEOs, you name it, they were there. Literally, you name it. The CEO of Wells Fargo, president of Fidelity, CEO of Buckingham and Orion and all the folks. So a lot of industry faces. It was my first one and I was uh, invited, shout to Chip Rome, to speak and did a panel. It was supposed to be me and Michael Sunshine and a few other folks, but there, you know, a few folks were hit by COVID. So it ended up being me and Michael Alfred. So shout to Michael Alfred. I'm in the Alfred Brothers, everyone, you know, over there at NYDIG and and what they're doing. And a few of the folks that they support as well, Eagle Brook and a bunch of others that are building in the space. If you don't follow Michael on Twitter, by the way, stop right now and go follow him on Twitter. So my panel was on crypto assets, just the overall space, 
what it means for wealth managers and just what it means for finance overall. Really great panel. That's not really what I wanted to talk about that came out of the conference. So it was a couple things that was notable that I want to bring up here that I just thought were astounding. And you hear stats a lot, but there are some stats that were just mind-boggling to me and some things that I think a lot of people really don't understand. And what I mean by that is there's only one investor in the world right now that understands how large the RAA space is, and that is private equity, right? Private equity has been all over the RAA space. They understand that it is a very large, large market that is growing exponentially. So that's the first thing. A lot of PE folks in the room and understand that this is a space that will continue to grow. For whatever reason, venture capital doesn't get it. The average investor, retail investor, like folks just don't get it. And that's one of the things that's astounding. If you really do understand the RA space, and not many do, you just realize that it's just gigantic. And the reach, the wealth management space overall, is just incredibly bonkers. So that was the first thing. Second thing is, Chip gave a wonderful presentation. And in his presentation, he stated that Gen X, shout out to all my Gen X folks, myself included, will save and inherit and invest more money than the millennials and baby boomers combined. That is astounding to me because Gen X, no one talks about Gen X. It's either millennials, it's either boomers, or it's Gen Z. No one talks about Gen X, the forgotten generation. We're lit though. We are litty. But with that said, man, is that a massive opportunity for advisors and anyone looking at this space? Again, I'm 42. The oldest millennials are 40, so I just missed it. And then you got folks that are in their peak earning years, late 40s, pushing into their 50s. That is a massive opportunity. One of the other things that was mentioned, mind-blowing, $12 trillion in self-directed money. $12 trillion. Fidelity and Schwab, $4 trillion each. That is mind-boggling. Again, huge, lot of money in the space, self-directed. Again, if you follow me on Twitter, you know why I've been talking about this is an AUA story. Assets under advisement, assets under authorization. This is a held away story. There's a lot of assets that are held away from wealth managers that they need to see. The other thing that he mentioned was he believes that we will see a $1 trillion RIA soon. Again, think about that for a second. A trillion dollars, right? A trillion dollar RIA. I think the largest now is Edelman and, and they're around 250 or so, I believe, maybe a little bit bigger. But $1 trillion, a trillion dollar RIA. <laughs> Again, mind boggling when you look at the growth and the numbers here. So, I left that presentation, and again, I want to make it very clear. You go to any other conference, and you kind of hear crypto bleeding into these conversations. The really, the crypto really only came up in the conversations that was designated for crypto. And to hear him make that whole presentation and not an utterance of anything crypto at all, I was like, oh man, I got to dig my heels in because that all that data was great and it's fantastic, but then in no way does it exemplify or signify what it means when crypto assets in a crypto ecosystem takes hold in the wealth management space. There is so much disruption coming and improvement and scalability and possibility of what is going to happen based on the technology. Something to look forward to 
what an incredible time. I, I really enjoyed myself. Awesome people took so many pictures, had so many great conversations. It is clear now that that is where deals get done. If you are a young founder building in fintech and wealth tech, you have to find your way to the Tiburon Conference. Even if you just hang out in the lobby of the hotel, that is where deals get done. And while I'm here, really quickly, I got to shout out Scott Colangelo and all of the folks over at Prime Capital. I was there for Prime Week. Incredible time there. They treated me so well, had a really good food and good time and conversations. What an incredible team over there. Scott Duba and everyone over there. What an incredible team and, and organization they've built over at Prime Capital. So shout out to them and big thank you to them for having me. That was phenomenal. Great presentation there. And Eager, that is one firm that is really looking to push into crypto in a major way. So kudos to them. Also had a really nice time with Peter Malouk while I was there, who is all and everything that folks say he is. An incredible man, incredibly brilliant, and a thoughtful giver. So we agreed that at some point down the road here soon, we would do something huge to give back to people. So looking forward to that. But a wonderful time there, wonderful time up in Boston. And that leads me to the next thing, which is the current market climate. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because there's so many other things I need to get to. But also, I think I've been asked a lot about my opinion. I've been tagged on some things. I've gotten a bunch of text messages. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do a pot on it. But I think this is something that if you've been looking at the space the last two years, we were due for the great washout. It was just too many, what I was calling COVID visors, folks that were popping up all over the place. I'm a trader. I made $14,000 an hour. You can do it too. It was all types of NFT bobbleheads and all types of crazy things going on. There's over 10,000 crypto assets and currencies. And it was just a lot, a lot of money sloshing around, no rhyme or reason. It was just valuations out of control, but really getting away from the true ethos of why we're all here, which is to build the future. Folks just capitalizing on money just being everywhere, airdropped literally into bank accounts and folks all of a sudden turned themselves into Paul Tudor Jones, right? This needed to happen. So that is my first opinion. This needed to happen. I think we need to get the Bitcoin 20,000 to wash out all the weak hands, the folks who are, who are just here to, you know, look around and not buy anything, but eventually they're going to steal. Get them out. The weak projects that add no value or utility to the space should die. Get them out. And then the last thing is what this does allows the cream to rise to the top. The best teams, the best projects, the best talent will survive and they will continue to scale and they will build. So I love this. Yeah, it hurts your pocketbook and all that other stuff. I understand that. But if you're really here for the technology, as everyone says, if you're really here for building the future, then you already know that this is, this is par for the course. This is what happens. I've been in since 2015. This is what happens, right? Folks that have been in longer have gone through so many of these. This great washout needed to happen. The other thing is, we're learning now that the narratives that have built around Bitcoin may be flawed, right? Bitcoin is 13 years old. That is like trying to determine whether a kid that gets a scholarship from Alabama at 13 is going to go to the NFL. 
There's no way of knowing that. He may be very big and huge and, you know, the biggest, strongest, fastest in eighth grade, but that does not mean he's going to make it to the NFL. So we create these narratives. I've never seen anything like this before. And he has the hands of this person and the, the speed of this person. It doesn't matter. It has to grow up. Bitcoin has to grow up. And it's still here through all of these environments. Now, rising rates when it released into the world where rates were on a race to zero. Money was being printed, quantitative easing, the whole thing. It had the perfect tailwind. Now it's facing headwinds and a pandemic and war and supply chain issues. It's surviving through all of these environments. That's what you want to see, a track record. That's what everyone said, right? Well, that's what we have now. Why is everyone so upset? <laughs> like, what is the issue here? This is exactly what Bitcoin should be doing. It should be getting its face ripped off like every other asset in history has done. And you know what they've done? They've survived. Your Berkshires, your Apples, your Amazons, your General Mills, your Pfizer's, your, they get their face ripped off and they survive. Shouldn't Bitcoin be allowed that same opportunity? It's 13 years old. It's 13 years old. Anybody know any 13-year-olds? They're highly volatile. They're up and down. They're moody. But they show promise. And this is exactly what is happening in this environment. And yes, absolutely this blows a hole in a lot of things at possibly the wrong time with regulation coming and everything else. But the truth is, if you've been listening to anyone that has been in for more than the last two years, they've been saying dollar cost average, no more than you can afford. You know, try and read and learn about why this has utility. Stop being focused on these fake narratives or narratives that are created for people pushing products. I will also sit here and say this is the last time the last time that I think that this will happen and we won't look back and say, you know what, we probably need to start focusing on what this means for people who are underserved. We will finally get to that because when, when all of the crap washes out, when the price is at 20000 and the Bitcoin blockchain is still running, and that means billions of people globally have a way to transfer value in real time anywhere in the world, at some point we got to go, okay. This is the thing, isn't it? Store value, uh, inflation hedge, clearly not. We will see. But every day the network works. Every day it's immutable. Every day it is the most secure network in the world. Every day it transfers billions of dollars of value. Every day that people can, no matter what, in a country with high inflation or oppressive regimes can get access, transfer value, value in real time, right now. To somewhere else in the world, what is that like? Is are we going to start focusing on that, or are we going to sit here and continue to cry about the price? Or it's not what you guys said it was. At some point, we really got to focus here on the technology, the software, the possibility. And yes, all of the hype balloons and the and the shammers, and again, the COVID advisors, get them out. This will wash them out. Those folks will never come back, and they'll be the same ones complaining. Oh, I bought. This, this, that, and the third, and it was down. It's, it's stupid. It's a fraud. It's fake. Well, what'd you buy? Why'd you buy it? How long you hold it? What was your plan around it? This is also a great time to say, for those of us that are in financial services and talk about financial planning, shouldn't that be the deal? Shouldn't you do a financial plan now? You should really look at your life. Where does crypto assets fit in your financial plan? Shouldn't you look at probably doing some estate planning? Shouldn't you go back and look at markets and how markets work? Yeah, this is when you sit down and you go, all right, 
Let me go back to square one. This is all this is. First of all, this is a lot of karma, right? And Mother Market saying, everyone do not pass go. Do not pass go. Not allowed anymore. Go right back to square one. Start from the beginning. This was never a, a save the world thing. All of that hype beasting was garbage to begin with. And then the real will survive. Everything else will die off. This is what we want. It's survival of the fittest. Darwinism at its best. Right? This is what we want. So yes, if it means more pain, great. But pain leads to progression. Right? Scrutiny leads to legitimacy. These things need to happen. For everyone to understand, you have to have principles and values around how you invest. And you have to have an appreciation for how hard it is to trade. An appreciation for how hard it is to invest as well. And be humble about what you do not know. These are all things that this market crash is doing now. And again, with the Terra, Luna, whole algorithmic stablecoin thing, that is a whole episode in and of itself. But you know what that means to me? That just shows me that these are folks building and scaling things that don't really understand what came before it. Understanding monetary and fiscal policy. <laughs> to understand those things and those methods of how they work and where they fail, you would look at what has happened with Terra and Luna and the reserves and the liquidations and all of these things and the minting and the burning, all of that. If you humble yourself to say, you know what, let me go back and look. Let me read how markets work. Let me read how the Federal Reserve works. Let me read these things. And then, like, is there a way to do this with technology to make it sound and true? Now, I want to make this very clear. I love the experimentation on stable coins, especially algorithmic stable coins. I've been saying this from the beginning. MakerDAO, there's a bunch. I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing, that folks are experimenting. But do it with fake money. Try it out. Stay stealth or use your own capital. Get 20 of your friends that have been in crypto for a while and show us the results in real time. That's important here. So I think the testing of it, using the technology in a way, but who is that benefiting? Like, what are folks using Terra for? But test it out. We should have an algorithmic stable coin. That would be awesome. That would really show everyone the power of the technology, but use Chuck E. Cheese coins. Don't use real capital. This is what happens. And also read history. See how markets work and how markets react to pressure and human psychology and how hard it is to keep something pegged at $1. There's a lot that goes into this. So this is a humbling thing for everybody, for all of the crypto hippies and nerds, all of us that love this space, you have to humble yourself. You got to look what came before you. This is all I'm looking at when I see this. It's just a humbling lesson. It's a pat on the butt. And again, I say I think algorithmic stable coins are phenomenal. The idea is phenomenal, but it's hard and it's going to take a long time. We get one, perhaps. But I think if you look at what Terraform Labs and what MakerDAO and so many others are trying to do, it's worth a shot. But do it with, again, dollar store money, not the real thing. And have it happen in real time. That's the beautiful thing about crypto. Highly auditable. We can see if this is actually working or not. And then you say, hey, guys. You want to take part in this? We'll airdrop you some Terra and some Luna, and you can kind of try it out yourself. I just think there's the hubris, the pride of the entire space is getting kicked in the ding-ding here. Sorry. Yeah, I said it. I said ding-ding.
This is what is happening. You will absolutely positively be challenged and forced to kneel when you walk around like you are holier than thou. And that is what has been happening in the crypto space. And that's what happened with markets overall. Stock market isn't exempt from this either. That's probably a bigger charade, but I digress. So that's my two Satoshis on that. What we're seeing now needed to happen. NFTs, great technology, great use cases. We need to wash out. Good data, Wall Street Journal reporting nonsense. Don't even know that Dune exists. Get the right information. Get the right data resources. Now again, we need better data. We need richness of high quality, standardized, clean data in space. That's coming. But you can't have one and not have the other. You can't have it both ways. If you want to slam the space, slam the space with correct data. And yes, are they being pressured? Sure. And we've seen that as well. Everything is on the deck here to get a bat to the face, as it should. But will NFTs continue to survive? Yes. The best projects and best ideas will survive. Sure. Will algorithmic stable coins still? Yeah, absolutely. Bitcoin? Yes, absolutely. ETH? Yep, absolutely. The other 9,972? I, I don't know. But this is the great washout. This is what happens. So anyway, I had to get into that. Last thing I wanted to talk about was this. Um, I believe uh, Coinbase reported earnings. By the way, stop here and say uh, the Block reported earnings, right? Cash App, before they changed the name, right? Part of the company. 10 million accounts that bought Bitcoin. 10 million. 89 million at Coinbase. 20 million at Robinhood. I digress. So, Coinbase reported earnings, and in their 10Q, those of you who don't know what a 10Q is, 10Q is a quarterly report that you have to put out, which is basically your diary on the past quarter, that you put out your diary that you put out to the market. And in that diary, might have been a sleepy night for Coinbase writing in their diary, they actually wrote in the 10Q that in the event of insolvency, <laughs> that client assets at the exchange can be used by Coinbase to <laughs> attempt to remain solvent. Essentially, it's not yours. It's going to go to the creditors of the company. It's not your crypto at Coinbase. And boy, did this start an uproar on Twitter. Now, I'm on a little bit of a Twitter hiatus, but I was tagged and I got some messages and I saw Mr. Armstrong had to go on and defend what he was saying. So here's my opportunity to give my two Satoshis on that. Again, those of us in the space have been preaching for the longest time. Not your keys, not your cheese. Get your coins off of the exchange. Coinbase, best house, bad neighborhood. Now, if you are a Coinbase pro, right, um, and you have um, institutional custody with them and a prime user, you have the ability to self-custody. By the way, Coinbase have a self-custodied wallet. And you can have insurance. All of these things, they're out there. But the average user that goes to Coinbase and just buys their crypto, leave it there. There's a reason why we've been saying, get your coins off of Coinbase. Because... For multiple reasons, but one of them was, hey, that's theirs. 
right? It's, it's theirs. There's no FDIC insurance. There's really no protection if you don't read the small print. And Mr. Armstrong said they would update the guidance and the rules for retail investors custodying at Coinbase. But we've been saying this to everyone for really. That's why I'm like, what is the uproar? Buy there, transact there if you'd like, sure. And remove your crypto. Put it in a hardware wallet or a self-custody wallet, again, that Coinbase provides and move it off of the exchange. This also goes along with something that, you know, proof of key, shout to Nick Carter and all these folks, and rehypothecation, shout to Caitlin Long, who's talked about this. If everyone withdrew their crypto from the exchange, what happens? Do they really have all that crypto that they've sold? Rehypothecation. Look that up. For those who don't know, rehypothecation. Essentially, we are going to take one and we are going to turn it into four. And then we're going to turn that four into 16. Proof of reserves. This is something that as the SEC starts to look at regulating exchanges, that should be part of it. Proof of reserve. Show us that you have all of the Bitcoin that these folks own, right? So this is really important. Also for folks to understand that wallet that you have, that's a proxy. They have one wallet themselves that they transact on chain for all of the millions of accounts that they have there. Yours is just, it's, that's just a proxy just to prove, hey, this is like your little account at Coinbase. So again, I didn't really understand what the uproar was. They did what they were supposed to do. They disclosed it, right? He said it was part of a new law that the SEC is requiring and they were open and honest. And again, if you know, you know. Shout to Pusha T. New Pusha T album is great, by the way. Check that out. But it had always been not your keys, not your cheese. Self-custody. Learn what self-custody means. Now, can't mention that without saying, yes, it is still a little cumbersome now to self-custody. Completely understood. But what everyone needs to understand is this is part of where the space is right now. You have to know what you don't know. This is a great time why it's getting absolutely smacked to read all of these things. Learn. As you learn, as you start to understand what is going on, it will be easier for you to set yourself up for success in the space in the future. So with that, I can keep going, but I had to catch up with y'all. Sorry I left you waiting. You already know what it is. We are getting close. Austin, Texas, consensus, 2022, June 9th through the 12th. By the way, send me an email, podcast at coindesk.com. Shoot me an email on purpose in the subject line. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want me to talk about. If you want to come on and chop it up with me, send me an email. Um, and of course, like, subscribe, share this episode with your baby mama, your baby daddy, your auntie, everybody that comes by the house begging for stuff, for sugar, syrup, everybody, share it with them. Appreciate y'all listening and tuning in. And as always, nokidhungry.org. It's, it's time to end child hunger in this country. We will do it with your help. I will catch y'all on the next one. Big news coming soon. Stand by. I appreciate you. You're listening to On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. Today's show is produced, edited, and announced by Michelle Mousseau. Our theme song is Walk With Swag. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, On Purpose, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 